should i say marvel time um, oh we're jumping right into this thing uh, we didn't I, even I, say that it's episode well not yet not yet because uh, people might be wondering what we're watching that we never say that first well, we they're never watching say that first they're watching the what did you think podcast we never say that first yes we do we always you're say flipping, the what did you think you're podcast. flipping everything on its head well i'm sorry what episode is this cameron episode, episode... 15 15 you're yeah. right uh so marvel time it is <laughs> it is our first marvel episode uh definitely not going to be our last um but and this is a pretty exciting time i am a pretty big fan of the marvel universe um Good. and as you, this proof by my limited edition steel sealed dvd of <laughs> Uh, by limited edition, I mean uh, it's just a DVD, and I don't think many <laughs> people buy these anymore. Is that even the 4K copy, or is that just like no, like DVD? Oh, it's not it's even not Blu-ray. Even Blu-ray. Yeah. Whoa. I only I only get Blu-rays of the best stuff. This is my totally <laughs> legal copy of Captain Marvel on Blu-ray. Whoa! What is the back of that? Uh, okay. So essentially, what the story behind this is, and there's plenty of Marvel movies like this in my collection. Um, my I watched the entire MCU phases one through three with my grandparents, uh, and that was after Endgame came out. They were like, "I heard of this Endgame thing. It sounds pretty fun." I'm like, "Oh well, there's actually a bit of uh, there's like a prequel to that called Twenty Two Movies," and they're like, "Oh, that's fun." And so we went through it all. It was a nice experience. We watched one movie a week for like half a year. Um, it was nice. And then my grandpa, uh, he's like. I'm going to give him a gift. I'm just going to give him all the Marvel movies. Uh, on And so he found the entire franchise, every movie, and he made sure not to spend any more than $10 on any of it. Okay. And some of that means that he bought them repackaged from Rest in Peace Family Video. Um, wow. But this is a regular copy of Blu-ray Infinity War, and I don't know how right. he managed to get that for $10. But, um, I mean... It was family video, so it was probably going out of business, and they were just yeah selling. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Hats off for hats right. off for. I'm uh, not gonna do that. Okay, well symbolic hats <laughs> off. I, I I put on the hat for a reason. What is on your hat? No idea. It's just a logo for some company. Oh, okay. Well, they're not spot. I mean, yeah, they're not our sponsor today. We don't right. have one. <laughs> they might not even still be a thing. I don't know. We've had uh, this hat for knows. longer than I could I know of. Uh. Look at the time, Ben. It's uh, it's, it's Marvel time. time. It's Marvel time. That that's that's a, that's that's what I've been thinking about all day. Literally the entire day, I've been thinking I can't wait for Marvel time. And now that it's four forty six, uh, it's time to be Marvel time. Yeah, um, yeah. So beautiful day to be and to talk about Marvel. Marvel, um, the yeah. first installment of Phase Five. The uh, only installment of Phase Five. Well, that's so what far. first is. Yeah. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania coming at you live from the theater. Paul Rudd, uh, will uh, if you watch okay, this is what's crazy about <laughs> this. No, they'll so they want some they want people to watch this movie so bad. If you buy a ticket to Ant Man and the Wasp, 
literally Paul Rudd comes to your house. That's it's crazy. crazy. I was I, my that's wife. Why this episode's late because we were hanging out with Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah, me and Cameron were just watching other Ant Man movies, and then all of a sudden, yeah, Paul Rudd just walks down our stairs, and he's like, "Hey, what are you thinkers?" Yeah. Uh, we're like, hey, since you're here, you want to stay on for the episode? And he, he told us what, Cameron? What was the excuse he gave us? He was like, well, I, there are so many people buying tickets for this movie. I got to keep going to all their houses. And I'm like, um, why don't you just, if your time is up at Ben's house, why don't you just come to my house? Because I also bought a ticket. And so he's actually on his way now. Hopefully we'll see him by the end of the episode. Hopefully, dude, um, we, we could just stall and make this a really long episode until he yeah, gets there. Uh, I don't know how I got here before he did. Uh, I think he, I don't know, maybe he shrunk down his driving a little car. Well, he's probably not, yeah, he's either going really slow because he's small or he doesn't it, know the roads. It's like Santa, he's just making all the stops on the way there. Mm, uh, oh, you're right. Yeah. One way or another, he should get here by the end of the episode. Um, but in the meantime, let's talk about his movie, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania, all right, the third in the Ant Man trilogy and the second in the Ant Man and the Wasp duology was directed by Peyton Reed and stars Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, among others. Uh, we're not going to get into it, all of them, uh, because you, you, you know, it'll happen, you'll, you'll find out about them, whether it be in trailers, reviews, or watching the movie yourself. Um, so Ben, what'd you think? Well, ever since the first Ant-Man movie came out, we've been getting requests upon requests on to start a podcast about uh, movies and to do an episode on this movie that came out. Of course, that's a joke. But I will say, before I go into my thoughts, I'm going to share with you some insight. All right. Or not insight, just some information. I, I myself am also a big Marvel fan, um, though, unfortunately certain you know a lot of recent marvel installments haven't necessarily been good uh in my opinion and maybe others agree um this is not a hot take but i i remember when i've always wanted to start a movie podcast um just like maybe off of other movies like i uh we recorded a long lost that no one will ever watch episode of prisoners uh an episode no one will watch of the batman but after watching Thor Love and Thunder, I had such um, a disliking for it that I actually legitimately wanted, and I was frustrated that people liked it. Not a lot of people, but I was frustrated that like it was still getting good publicity that I was like, you know what? I'm going to change things. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to start this Instagram account called What Did You Think? Um, because I disliked it so much and because uh, I was just tired of like, the same crap coming out over and over again. And you thought you um, put your foot down and put a stop to I, it. I wasn't thinking that I was going to make a stop to it. I was yeah. just saying, like, you know what? I'm just going to share my You would opinion. personally at Kevin Feige in every post. You're like, you need to make more movies yes. like Tar. But my disliking for it really um, sparked me uh, to go ahead and write reviews and post them on Instagram. So as a result, I started the What Did You Think Instagram, which is totally official that Cameron and I that Cameron totally has input it, on. Yeah, it's definitely it's branded for both our our dual podcast, but it's literally only Vin's opinion. Yeah. But I will say though, it was made before the podcast was made. So yeah. if anything, this podcast is an uh, adapted screenplay 
of um the sure. Instagram. I was thinking it was like a whiplash situation where you made the short film first. To yeah, get that's the much whole thing greenlit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but either way, um, Marvel has definitely um affected us in a manner of podcasting, at least for me, uh, in reviewing. As a result, uh, ever since Thor: Love and Thunder. I've been kind of like a Marvel hater. I have really disliked a lot, like everything they've come out with. Um, not everything, but like it is just like a rinse and repeat over and over again. Honestly, we're getting like a similar story every time. It's always super bad VFX a lot of the time that we're getting. And it's pretty frustrating the fact that uh, the studio is pouring so much money and still yeah. making doo-doo. And meanwhile, I am over here uh on the other end of the spectrum not that i'm saying i'm in love with everything they're making but i'm kind of like i'm very consciously in denial about the mcu right now i'm aware that it's going downhill but i am i'm latching on to whatever they'll give me uh mm -hmm. i like a lot of the shows that they made uh i was standing up for she hulk when no one would i was standing up for doctor strange 2 when no one would then thor love and thunder comes around I kind of Thor Love and Thunder is when I saw what everyone else saw about the the new stuff. Like I always mm -hmm. kind of got it, but like Thor Love and Thunder is how people what Thor Love and Thunder is is what everyone describes everything else being like. And if I saw that all the same way, I wouldn't like it either. But I saw that as like a, a unfortunate dip in a overall shaky yet still good enough franchise because i still i still see this as marvel trying to trying to transition from uh a good like ending the main like ending the original characters and transitioning to a new era and i i think i i think it's doing better than people give it credit for but it, I, I do still see that it is very shaky um it's just i have an issue with there being so much being made and the fact that less than 50% of it is up to par where yeah. it's like, and, and we've talked about this many times, so I, I will keep this short, but it does feel like the focusing on quantity instead of quality, instead of quality. Um, and as a result, it's like, we got like six tv shows now we got to watch and we got to watch this movie that just came out and three months ago there was another movie it's yeah. it's getting almost too much to where me who was in it from the beginning because uh, i know you got into a bit, a bit later but from like someone who was who started off watching iron man in theaters it's getting really difficult to continue watching what they're making because it's r overall ruining my opinion of the franchise um that i once loved and adored to now i am dreading going to the theater and watching but then they make banger trailers all of a sudden for guardians of the galaxy well guardians of the galaxy is going to be good it's going to be said at... that, they said that they said that i mean we said that about the thor movie coming uh, from ragnarok okay but there's there's a difference here there's a difference here guardians of the galaxy is going to be good I agree. I, yeah, I, I, and I, yeah. I, that's the difference. Here. I am accepting and that too. The difference is that James Gunn is continuing to prove himself in the downtime between Thor and other, like uh, Taika Waititi did Free Guy in between the Thor movies, um, which he didn't know he didn't even make it. He was in it. You know, sure, I'm just saying like anyone, anyone could have played that part. 
I, what I'm saying Did you is talk about Willis. <laughs> what I, I, that's that crazy. You remember quote. anything from that? That movie, was a free guy quote. That's crazy. That's all I know. I that's only remember all I the stuff that they put in Fortnite, and that's it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm waiting for Taika Waititi. I'm glad he's out of the Marvel stuff now. I'm waiting to get in. I'm waiting to get Jojo Rabbit two. Uh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> the uh, squeakle. <laughs> the squeakle. <laughs> Where, uh, yeah, I don't know what the plot of that would be. I'm sure he'll figure it out. But um, James Gunn is proving himself time and time again. He got the Suicide Squad. He got Peacemaker. Now he's in charge of all the DC stuff. And he seems like he's willing to take it in a wacky, weird direction that it wasn't going for uh, before, which is exciting. And Guardians is like his baby, I think. Uh, And, you know, seeing the cast talk about being on the third movie and being part of this, like, kind of subset of the main of the marvel universe and stuff like that it's nice and i I can tell that james gunn has a lot of care for these characters but that being said this isn't a review about yeah james gunn this isn't a review about a little marvel this is a little preview to get our opinions out there because we haven't really had an opportunity to talk about this and by that we haven't had an opportunity i mean we definitely had an opportunity because black panther came out since the podcast started but we just didn't talk about it also and black panther is really good yeah it's like it's incredible so yeah we uh, and for some reason we're choosing the worst like of these two movies that have come out while doing the podcast yeah uh to talk about there's a reason for that so yeah i think we should just jump back jump back jump not jump right into this um this is another okay and by jumping right in i'm gonna dip my toe in and dip back out just for a second to preface guys we hear you we're in touch with our community and by that, of course, I mean um, walking out of the theater. Me and Ben disagree about this movie. Mm-hmm. Walking out of the theater, we were we were talking about it, and Sarah overheard that we disagreed, and she was mad. Not mad. She was upset because she's like, oh, episodes where you guys disagree are so boring um, because it's just back and forth. And I got to thinking, very contemplative. I'm like, wow. She doesn't come on the podcast. All she does is criticize. All she does is make our banner for us, make our logo, and then criticize us um what a what a she fake has fan. been on an episode what i will a fake say fan um but she's also right and that megan episode isn't our best work so we are coming in this we are going to be civil we've already shaken hands beforehand uh we're not going to convince each other of our opinions we're just going to say what we think and uh right. and move on and as a result since a lot of you guys didn't like our megan episode what we're going to do from now on is each episode you don't like, we're going to recreate, but two times longer to really make sure that we give you guys the good quality that you deserve. Right. Head on over to our Patreon to get our exclusive unrated <laughs> cut of the Meg, like, of our of They our are Megan making episode, an unrated cut of, I'm excited of for Megan. I'm excited I'm not. for it. Dude, I am. Why, why won't you give it a chance? Bro, the horse is dead. No need to keep on beating it. No, 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 no. No, just, well, just it could take a few more slaps. That horse isn't a Megan because uh, we're not on, not a, review. Yeah, uh, you're right. We need Let's to get, get we need to get on, we need back to on track. get back in. Put those yeah. toes back in. Yeah, uh, I'm going all the way, all the way, all the way under. So I actually like my trunks on. I like this movie. All right, I I th- I see this as as especially this in com- in in combination with some of the comments Kevin Feige has made recently about where he wants to take the MCU going forward, and that he recognizes some of the faults. And some of the problems with having an overabundance of content is that 
this seems like a step in the right direction because this is the first time I've come out of a Marvel thing recently, uh, ignoring Black Panther, where I've been like, you know what? Not only does this seem important, I have more things I like about it. I, I have, I have, I feel the less of a need to uh, come to its defense because I think it speaks for itself. Um, and to come to find out, I'm actually in the minority here. I think this is getting a lot of bad press. But I see this as a step in the right direction. It's it's right right after you hit your lowest point, you come back up. You know you're still going to be pretty low, but you're on a rising trajectory. And I'm excited to see what we get in the future. And I want to I want to hear Ben, you think differently, and you tell me about that. Well, to quote Singh and Matthew McConaughey, right. The best part about hitting rock bottom, rock but rock bottom, mm-hmm. is the only, uh. Only where uh only <laughs> you can only go up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He, delivery was needs some work, but um, I still gotta see to me, too. I think they're still on rock bottom here. Uh, I the so, like I said, this is not gonna be a debate. Um, we might say a few things that we disagree with, but we're not gonna try to convince the other person because. I mean, if you can't tell from our Megan episode, that is impossible, apparently. Right. We just can't reach Both a neutral ground. Yeah. But with this, it's you're so you're looking at this from a long term perspective on like, oh, this can benefit the MCU really well and this can help it out a lot. Whereas I'm not looking at it on an installment of an MCU. I'm looking on it as a movie that is two and a half hours or however long it is. Um but I just think, as a movie, it's just not good. And I think it struggles with what all of these recent Marvel movies have been struggling with. Just a lousy plot. Pretty, just pretty awful writing in general. Same with dialogue. And some goofy ah uh, VFX. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're wrong. Thank you, guys. This is been... <laughs> Uh, no, but here's. I would like thing. to explain, unless unless you want to go. Well, I kind of wanted to to comment on it, but if you have more to say, by all no, means, no, go ahead, go ahead, go. Okay, ahead. Um, I see it as both. You said that I see it as an installment, and you see it as a movie. I see it as both. Uh, I think it's it's difficult. Like anymore, you can't really separate these movies from their universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, phase one, early phase two, definitely possible. Now it's uh it's so baked in that you 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 can't um so looking at it as kind of an episode of a long-running tv show um i see it's this is not that things haven't been coming together but this is really showing okay phase four seemed kind of all over the place but it actually does look like there is an end goal here um which it's nice to see those pieces come together but on its own merits I, I think that a lot of the complaints I've seen people have with this, I straight up just don't agree with. I I think that the the CGI is on a much higher level than we saw in Thor: Love and Thunder. I think that the um a, a lot of a lot of the writing is is kind. It is definitely this is the some of the the closest I to see like the closest it's been in a long time to Marvel writing. Like there, I like there was a lot of lines where it almost felt like they were making fun of it, but they weren't. They were just like, it's right behind me, isn't it? But almost, but unironically, they were like that. 
Um, so yeah, I can see where people have issues with it, but at the same time, Ant-Man has always been kind of goofy and putting this up against Ant-Man on the Wasp. Um, I will, I see myself watching, rewatching Quantumania a lot easier than I see myself rewatching Ant-Man and the Wasp. Funny you mention Ant-Man and the Wasp because with this movie, now it, it is the title is Ant-Man and the Wasp. All right, Quantumania. True. And a huge issue I have with the movie, which goes into its writing, is that this there's two leads, technically, which is Ant-Man and the Wasp. But nothing and isaac says this very uh, very well he, he you know he brought this up to me uh where nothing original uh uh involving evangeline's character uh happens on screen it is all off screen and she is she has like no lines at all she like literally like or she has lines but it's it's benefiting nothing to her character it's been a fitting. She has like zero story in this movie at all. It is very frustrating to watch, especially talent like her, because I love her in Lost, which I, I mean, mixed opinions on the show. Sure, that's still a great show in my opinion. To see talent like that wasted on no story at all, and honestly, a terrible character for the simple fact that they haven't given her anything to do. And then you mentioned Ant Man being goofy. Where I don't think this was that funny of a movie. Ant Man has always been funny, sure, uh, especially you know in that first movie. It I I, find, I mean I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember laughing a lot at it. And even Ant Man and the Wasp, I still laugh quite a bit with it. I think it has pretty good jokes. But I mean the movie sucks. We all know this. And, uh, whereas with this, I felt like, which I get, he's maturing. You know, because this whole movie he's trying to go from being this uh, hothead almost narcissist guy to being more of a father and more humble and more supportive. So I get that he's maturing in the movie. Sure. But I just think a lot of these jokes weren't hitting for me. Uh, and yeah, like you said, there was a lot of Marvel jokes, you know, uh, but I just think that this lacked in the humor a lot as well for it being a Marvel movie. So uh, I can see that um, from my perspective, I audibly laughed a lot in this and I, I I think here's where the main the main thing comes for me. I am getting from this what I'm expecting to get from this, which is a few good laughs, some nice looking action scenes. Uh, I'm not here for stakes. I'm not here for uh, like a dissection of the human mind or anything like that. So if I come here with the popcorn movie expectations, it's going to be I'm I'm satisfied with it. And, um, you know, I, when I say I like this movie, that's true. I'm not lying. I do like this movie, but I'm, I'm not like in love with it or anything, which I think is the problem because anymore nowadays on, on, on the internet and all you kids on, on there, it's like, you have to be absolutely in love with something or you have to absolutely despise it. And I can just see, I can look past this, this movie's faults enough to have a good time with it. Yeah, I agree. The Wasp has never done anything on the screen ever that matters that's a problem i would love to see the wasp do more stuff because uh essentially she is she kind of has the war machine dilemma where she is just the main hero but cooler in terms of their power set but they have less to do and so uh here's where the problem comes 
they made they spent a lot of time making scott a very interesting character uh he has like a family dynamic he has all the stuff he has like his whole thing going on with he's a thief but he's a superhero and he's also like an underdog avenger and stuff like that um but they forgot to do that same level of of uh character development for anyone else and so the parts of the story where scott lang is doing his thing with his daughter it's really cool and like those parts of the movie were good and then the other parts of the movie where it's the other uh it's the pims they don't have enough character amongst the three of them to uh even really amount as one person and the issue with that too is that all three of those characters are in their own subplot Mm -hmm. and that subplot is so weak it's yeah. so weak for me. And that brings up to where the worst characters are the Pims, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I think Mama Pim is infuriating. She's and terrible. she falls in she falls into a trope of like she'll say something very vague and ambiguous, following it up with something else that's also very vague. Like, for instance, she goes, like, oh, that's you know, well, uh, for you know, poops and giggles, I'll just say like, oh, that's the the barn door they're like oh what's the barn door something not so good and she says that like six different times and first of all the whole movie starts a, because of how stupid she is if there's a life and death situation why aren't you speaking up about it like right. why are you just willingly letting your family go more and more into this it's so dumb hey and i then, made a i made contact to the quantum realm oh you shouldn't do that oh why not you shouldn't do that you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that. And then and then she like smacks it and they all get teleported. Like just let the person yeah. who invented it turn it off and then explain to them what's going on. And then Hank Pym probably got like three pages for a script and every single word is I like ants. Mm-hmm. He says that over and over again. And each time he thought, said that, I was thinking of the like the promo that they did for the first Ant Man where it's ants. all red. <laughs> ants. <laughs> Which is hilarious. That's funny. Yeah. And I know that was meant as a joke, but I just found it really stupid. Because why is this guy just joking? Like, I don't know. It, like yeah. I said, my issue is the writing here and its dialogue in general. Because, like, uh, uh, it's just bad idea of having your three worst characters. First of all, characters that shouldn't be bad. Sec- and then second of all, having them in their own subplot. Right. And that subplot is made just for jokes. That whole subplot is. There was nothing important that they do at all. Yeah, uh, I mean, they they it, it connects the 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 group to Kang, but that's pretty much all it does, which is important. But they don't. I don't know. It's it's very side plotty, and for for being the reason the main characters are connected to the main antagonist, it shouldn't feel as much of a side quest as it does. Um, right. I'm about to say the two biggest uh, hot takes I will say about this movie. Uh, bigger than I like it. Um, one, I have almost no problem with Modok, and two, I think that Kang could have been, is not the best part of the movie. Okay, so, so also we are in spoilers apparently. Um, well, that, those are things that were in the trailer, but uh, we might as Modok? well. Modok, yeah. I all right. Also, I, I do I do need to state, I watch um every MCU trailer once. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. I did not once see like he was in uh, it for I, like two seconds. I saw like the original theatrical trailer in theaters. I didn't know there was another one like yeah. hinting at Modak. So he's on screen. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah, I had no clue. I don't watch like YouTube videos like things well, you missed, who Modok is and what he looks like uh under the mechanics is is a spoiler. But uh, okay. But I we're in the spoiler section spoilers. after this yeah. minor tangent. Uh we today we are sponsored by Tiny Plastic Bag. Um go to the store and find your tiny plastic bag today. This you is not what it looks that... like. This was holding a dice. A die. I was gonna say you may you may notice his appearance in uh several breaking bad episodes. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, I, we're just really happy to have him on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh yeah, him and him and Paul Rudd are having an exclusive interview later on our Patreon when he gets here, when Paul Rudd gets here. But uh let's let's talk about our spoilers real quick. So, and we don't have to, a lot more to say. No. To address your hot takes, I will say, um Modoc, I thought it was cringy. And I was laughing a lot at it. But for me, I was already not on board with the movie by the point that Modoc does come into play. To where Modoc's appearance made it better for me for the fact that, like, finally I have something to laugh at. I have mm-hmm. something to enjoy. So I enjoyed Modoc's presence. Do I think Modoc is good in the movie? No. But uh, he does have some solid lines. And I got the most laughs, unironic laughs um, from Modoc from modok yeah whereas uh i have been seeing a lot of people saying that kang is the best part of the movie uh he's not um he doesn't give that good of a performance it's not like incredible by any means but it's not like it's not bad either i'm just saying it's like a very like he does give me gore the god butcher vibes and that he feels like he's in a different movie Mm. Um, and that Jonathan Majors is really doing everything he can with what he's given, and I think he does a great job. I'm excited to see Jonathan Majors as Kang. I think they made the right choice in that department. Uh, those big bad villains, Jonathan Majors and uh, Josh Brolin, both great picks. Uh, they usually do pretty like good. A bulked up dude. We'll get to see him in Kang shirtless. Dude, yeah, or they... I mean, uh, Creed three. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, but um, Kang isn't the best part of this movie uh also also uh I'm not gonna dwell on this because it's not gonna mean anything to a lot of people but they did copy and paste kang and uh michelle pfeiffer's storyline straight out of agents of shield but we'll we'll leave that there we'll leave that i've there. not seen agents um, of shield that's not but... the only time that post phase three marvel has copied and pasted a plot line out of agents of shield but we'll leave that there we'll leave that there black widow we'll leave it there um but anyway all my all my all my Colson boys know what's going on there. Anyway, so yeah, Modok. Here's the deal Ooh. with Modok. Uh, Modok bodes well for the future of the universe. Modok and Man Thing from Werewolf by Night. Those things show me that Marvel is now at a point, which is a good and a bad thing, which hopefully is gonna lo- lean more towards a good thing, where they're less worried about delving into the weirder side of Marvel. Uh, I was wondering for years how they're going to pull off a live-action Modoc, and I think visually they did it pretty well. I, I, I'm i so glad they didn't try to water it down at all. I was worried when they showed him in the trailer in like the gold mask that he was just going to be a robot, and then he pulls his mask up, and it's just this giant face with these tiny baby limbs, and it's great. So stuff like Modoc, stuff like Man-Thing, moving forward, uh, if, if it lets it get more serious but it still lets the wacky side of comic books shine through. I think you're going right. to hit that happy medium and and br- give people a reason to show up again. And I will say, I've always 
um, applauded Marvel on how well they can stick with the comic accuracy and design of these characters without making it look um, on the nose. You know what I mean? Uh, for instance, Kang's screen that just makes his face blue for his helmet. Like, that's just, instead of making this normal guy all of a sudden have blue skin, or making, somehow making, I think this is the best possible way you can honestly make MODOK, unless you have, like, your Avatar-level CGI, <laughs> uh, and you're going to spend billions of dollars on MODOK. I think this is a solid way to do it. Now, yes, does the floating head look insane? Absolutely. He looks is insane it, in the comics. Yeah, and, and I was, is it distracting? Sure, but... If you know what Modoc, Sarah hates it, Modoc, because <laughs> she does. I I wanted to show her a picture during the theater, but I was like, you know what, I'm gonna wait until after, because I do. I am curious how who how she thinks of Modoc versus like because you know, did she not have a context for Modoc before? Not at all. Okay. Her context was is Darren. <laughs> all right, <laughs> is Darren. So, but I know him from like you know playing Ultimate Alliance and all this stuff. So. Yeah. Superhero squaddies, where you at, boys? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Is there more in that sentence? Uh, no, I just I was I was finished. Oh, okay. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. So yeah, I'm just gonna that was it. a big preface to a sentence that never got finished. Rest in peace. That sentence. Um, you were talking about Sarah's opinion of Modoc. Oh, uh, oh yeah, she hated it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, she hated this movie in general, and I agree with her on, on a majority of why she hates it. Um, it's just a cringy movie a lot of the time. It's uh, we both had a hard time like finding enjoyment and watching it. Uh, the more enjoyment I had, or the, the little enjoyment I had, was with Modoc and um being with like everyone watching it, mm -hmm. uh, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. But yeah. It's, uh. Was that your summary? That's or... my summary. Okay, no, that's my summary. Uh, my summary. Uh, I think this bodes well for the future. I think if they get their act together a little bit more, if they start taking themselves seriously but letting it be goofy, uh, I think Kang could be a great villain. I think there's an opportunity for them to prove everyone wrong, and and they can actually give people a reason to show up post in game. Uh, but that is going to take restraint. And it's going to take uh, a level of, of patience that I don't know if Disney's willing to give. So I, I think, last thing, I think if they don't play their cards right, Disney and Marvel, well, Marvel and DC could switch places. And where Marvel is going to be pumping stuff out, trying to find their former glory. And DC is going to have this new leader who's willing to take time to be patient and develop a world they might switch places in popular culture and it might be oh cringy marvel doing whatever they uh doing weird cringy stuff and dc's where to go to find your nice superhero stuff or maybe none of it's good and this is like i don't know a, a bad sign moving forward who knows uh but that's that's pretty much all i have to say about that hey ben i have a question yes we just finished our ant-man review why is there okay. still half of a video left? I don't know, man. I was probably going to just play video games. Wait, what's this? What's this? My producers? They're telling me to check the other tab. What? Oh, what's this? There's a screen recording on screen right now? And audio listeners are confused? It won't let me... It, hold on, it won't, let, it won't let me leave the... Are you able to share your screen? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah, let me share it. <laughs> okay. 
Whoa, what's going on here? Oh, what is this? Is this a is this a a wheel of Oscar winning Oscar nominated movies? Whoa, so, so yeah, cool. Uh, we are behind on our Oscar nomination reviews, so we didn't have a lot to say about I Am and the Wasp. We realized if one of our bigger complaints of the MCU as of late has been quantity over quality, uh, why would we put out like an hour long review if we don't have much to say? It'd be kind of hypocritical. So we just right. are gonna we're gonna do our first double feature. Uh, and and the second part of our double feature all right dude i am so frustrated i mean this oh. works out because i just watched this today oh. uh, i watched this today for the possibility that this was going to happen um, we could have gotten everything everywhere. They were really close to each other. Like it was so. Wow. Yeah. For our for our, for our audio only. Look at that. Um, it is like a like a literal centimeter, like less than a centimeter away from being everything everywhere. But it's not. Um, yeah, it's not. Triangle of sadness, Ben. Why don't you pull up that information? Who made it? Who's in it? Triangle of sadness is directed by Ruman. Uh, Ruben Ostland and stars Charles Char- oh man Charles B. Dean uh, Woody Harrelson Harris Dickinson Selacto Burek uh, and uh, uh, we'll say Vicky Berlin and I hate how IMDB categorizes the uh, actors and actresses and uh, Dolly D. Leon nice yeah um so cameron you yeah. said you just watched this today i did just watch this mind. today it I is fresh super, in my mind super excited to tell us how much you love it Woo. so go um, ahead let me paint what the picture think? let me paint the picture all right i uh i'm worried ben i'm yeah. very scared this Me is too. the second year in a row that i've been paying attention where uh there's a don't look up nominated an immensely overhyped uh movie with very uh obvious and regurgitated political themes that don't that doesn't say anything new and just tells the audience what it wants to hear um that's that is like the the long and short of it for me Right. Uh, obviously we're going to get into details and I'm going to say since we're short enough on time, we're not going to separate a, a spoiler section or not. Right. Uh, so if for some reason you do want to watch triangle of sadness, go ahead and watch it. Yeah. Um, but I will say, first of all, um, there are movies like this every year that are nominated. So, uh, green book one best picture, by the way, just letting yeah. you know. Um, and that's a very frustrating movie. Uh, but with Triangle of Sadness, it is one of those movies. So, like I was telling Cameron, I've not seen anything the director has made. So, I I told him when I was I when I told him he needs to watch this was, I maybe I'm just not familiar with his style. You know, maybe I'm just not used to his work and how he you know 
makes his movies and that could be why i don't like it but this is a very frustrating movie to watch um and thankfully i don't say thankfully because i am sorry you wasted your time uh but i get this text of i have an hour left in all caps <laughs> so i was like oh, i gotta call cameron because i knew he was at the island uh segment in this movie and um i call and we have like a, a quick rant and i was like well don't worry it only gets worse uh <laughs> and i think it does does it for you does it get worse or uh well, okay, first of all, it's it's kind of jumping in the middle there. Let's uh real quick. Uh this movie is about it's a commentary on on the wealthy and it's about um uh a uh, a yacht and these people are on a yacht and then over the course of the movie crazy stuff happens and um rich people uh do crazy things and bad stuff happens to them and it's a commentary and it's like oh man rich people are bad but also like the people who only talk about rich people and don't really do anything about it are bad and also like power is bad and also like social structures are bad and also gender roles are bad and also society is bad and also fashion is bad and also like it it it's just like yeah and uh, let's make clear first that um this is not a politics podcast all no. right no i, I myself don't... have oh, yeah. very little like views when it comes to like politics you know what i mean and i'm not planning on sharing my views at all probably nor cameron uh we're strictly reviewing the movie well i actually and... brought my entire family's voting history uh so starting in 1804 no uh... but with movies it really comes down to i don't care if i agree with the message or not it is like it what i care about is if it's done well and if mm -hmm. it does the first of all if it is a political movie if it does the politics well instead of it just saying this is bad this is bad give me a good story i don't uh, like we were saying earlier today um i like there to be a story and within the story there is the politics versus the politics being the story and that I don't have a problem with that because you don't. It's kind of hard. It's hard it's to tell a political well, story. If it's done yeah. well. It's fine. that's where with Vice. I, have you seen Vice? No. Well, okay. But this mind. is where we agree, though. Like in the sense that uh, I don't like. I'm not going to come into this movie like, oh man, I hate these politics, or like, yes, I love these politics, and then that is my opinion of the movie, right? I've seen movies that I disagree with. I've seen movies that I agree with, and. Uh, I can, regardless of my opinions of a polit political message going into a movie, if it's done poorly, it's a bad movie. The ideas brought forth in political movies are a part of a whole, and that whole is what you have to judge when you're watching it. And I think what people get caught up in is they're happy that somebody agrees with them. They're happy that there's a movie out there that's saying what they've been thinking, and right. it's it. There's they they become less critical. Yeah, it's like. We talked about, we think, a movie that does this general pol political structure better is Parasite. Parasite, yeah. A hundred million percent better than this. Yes. Yeah. And like we said with Parasite, well, we've never said this with Parasite. This is the first time we're talking <laughs> classic, about it. Classic podcast uh, motto about what we say about <laughs> Parasite almost every right. episode. Uh, we, um, it is 
for well, all right. I don't need to tell you Parasite's amazing. <laughs> it is. Um, but it's like it gives us such a good story, such a great plot, and that I don't even want to say subplot, but that like the message behind it is like re- like yes, it's pretty obvious to tell what it is, but we have we're given such incredible content with this to where it's like, oh yeah, I'm into this all the way. Whereas with like Triangle of Sadness, it's like down your throat what this is about. And we're given like a really bland, bland, bland story. And it's just very frustrating where it's like there's no creativity going in with this to tell us the story. It is simply just saying like blah, 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 blah. Rich people are bad. I think a good way to frame this in terms of how politics uh, are only part of it is like Squid Game. The political message remains the same throughout, but the quality Mm -hmm. does not. And I love the early episodes. Like episodes one through six of Squid Game are some of the best television out there. What is episode six? Marbles. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then everything post Marbles, uh, it just starts tumbling downhill so fast. And where it gets to the last two episodes, and you're just watching a completely different show. Yeah. And despite the message remaining the same, um, the the my my opinion of the show changes because of the way that the message is portrayed, because of the way that the show is done. And the same right. is done here, regardless of what they're trying to say. I still don't like the movie. They're it bad. Be- and my my biggest complaint. Uh, what's weird is a lot of my complaints, and I think this is just one of those scenarios where it's like. Uh, I'm just going to have to be fine with not liking it, which I'm fine with not liking it. It's not for me because the reasons I don't like the movie are the exact quoted reasons that people do like the movie. Mm-hmm. I hate it because it's so on the nose and so blatant and so like in your face, just like kind of, hey, I had an idea. Let me tell you my idea, like kind of thing. Not like, let me demonstrate what I'm thinking. I, that's a very weird way to put it. There's a scene where people are in a room and they're like, why are we doing this? And then uh, it cuts away from them for a second. It cuts back and they're all yelling and jumping and screaming money, 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 money. And like, that's funny and stuff. But like for a one-time thing, I guess, I still thought it was on the nose. And I think that's the point. But that level of just telling you what the director's thinking the whole time is, is constant. there's no digging and for a movie that's this long you kind of want to be doing something mentally but there's so many parts Mm -hmm. in this movie where like oh i get the point of this scene let's get on with it and then it's going on for another 15 minutes and that's a great segue to another because i'm also really frustrated with this movie for a few different things um first of all is the runtime like this movie is so long and it drags so much like, I don't care at all <laughs> about this movie. <laughs> and I meant to say this is during Ant-Man. I didn't care about the stakes, and nor did I really care about the stakes in this movie. Um, it is, like, I don't know. When when you make every character terrible, like, by just being a bad... The, all right, I will say, the two characters I liked in Triangle of Sadness, um, I didn't tell you this, uh, is the... Uh, what's I don't even know what her name is. It's the the head of the like uh staff 
uh, on the boat, the short haired mm-hmm. uh, lady. And um, I did like the maid. I did like the maid um, for a little bit. <laughs> and then um, it just kept on like going on for a lot longer than like, ugh. um, we'll spoil some. So this these two models are in a toxic relationship with each other they both treat each other terribly whatever you know i would say who cares a lot of people care but um (laughs) you know you know what yeah right so uh they're in this toxic relationship uh they get to go on this yacht this nice little yacht trip and um we get introduced several characters that are going to stay in the movie uh for the rest of the runtime um and we are given a disgusting scene of vomit and like diarrhea and it's disgusting it's for me it was really hard to watch i just skip forward a lot of it just because like i don't even get that sensitive of a stomach but i was just more like i don't want to watch this right now like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine if i don't and then i'm like oh sweet we get woody harrelson woody harrelson comes out he's a terrible character written terribly uh and he's in it for like five minutes <laughs> and then the ship blows up because of a grenade um and then like that's the halfway point of the movie the yeah. hour left the half people point. stranded on an island and it turns into some lord of the flies of like this maid that everyone was mean to is now the leader of this island because she knows how to hunt and do all this stuff now and she ends up like not manipulating, but like kind of manipulating this guy that was in a toxic relationship to do stuff with her uh, as a result to give him food and all this stuff. It's just awkward and I don't think done in the right way. It's just awkward and uh, it's frustrating to watch. It's yeah, it's this whole ordeal and uh, I'm not doing the runtime justice because I know it did speed through it, but it like to get from point A to point B, when the yacht exploded, I thought the movie was almost over. I was it like, should have been, dude. I was like, okay, we're getting there, and then we have this hour left, and uh, I don't know, Cameron. Yeah. I mean, what I, did you think of that? I think I kind of summarized my opinions pretty well in that it, it when you have this this guy, the director clearly has a lot he wants to say which is fine and you can get a lot across in a long movie and stuff like that but there's so much he's trying to say but it feels like he tries to find the most it's crazy it's the most roundabout yet the most direct way possible and that he's just blatantly telling you what he thinks and 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 i was telling this to ben earlier it literally feels like just the writers were just some people in a room going like wouldn't it be crazy if the rich people hear me out guys the rich people become they lose their power to a poor person right now wait wait so you know how like the 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 patriarchy what if it was a matriarchy right yo you know um politics what if it was just people talking like it's it it it's there are these ideas and they 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 they're, they're 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 so clearly stated 
that you get the point so quickly. It is very predictable. For a movie that was average, that was like talked up to me, it's like, dude, this is the wackiest movie I've seen this year. This is insane. You never like it's crazy. It is so predictable. And mm. when, when you predict something quickly and, and you're like you get the point of a scene in the first 30 seconds and you still have seven, eight, ten minutes to go in a scene or in a theme, you're like, dude, I get the point. Either either expand it or move on. Right. They mention one of the cast members being on the boat or what not cast members, one of the like uh just guests mentions that they were in the development of grenades and all this stuff. And he says that like three different times in the same conversation to where it's like, okay, that's gonna come into play. And it does. It's like that's like what blows up. What, what, what if but random the weapons the, the weapons manufacturer? died to his own weapon they mentioned triangle of sadness one time and it, uh, to me had nothing to do with the movie i guess i don't know i was like yeah. I w- yeah i don't know here's the thing I'm we've sorry. been very negative so far sure i was so baffled by how bad this was that i wanted to see somebody say something good about it so I looked up a couple of reviews. I watched maybe like an hour and a half. No, whoa. I watched maybe like a half an hour to an hour of reviews after watching the movie. And what I've gathered is that people like it because it's so on the nose, which I can, which is fine. If that's why you like it, that's fine. And I agree. There are some really cool details in this movie. There's some really good cinematography in here. I do like when the boat's swaying, but the camera's still. You just see the people moving. I like that. So there are positive elements visually. I told Ben I would have enjoyed this movie a lot better if I watched it on mute because there's some interesting visuals going on here. Um, there's some nice details where the perfume that he, at the beginning of the movie, the model is trying out for, uh, the branding for, is the perfume that he finds on the beach. Um, so it's like amongst the trash and stuff like that. It's interesting details, but... All those little details in there, while they're interesting and they show that people cared, it's not enough to carry the movie to something that I care about. I have to say some good things about it, too, because I have to. Uh, I like some of the performances. Yeah. Uh, I guess. I mean, I, I... I will say, no, I like the beginning part. Yeah. And that's all I have. Uh, of all the models, they're like, oh, it's H&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the the I think part one of this movie is like good. I was interested it, in their relationship. Oh, get, a big detail that I forgot that I I think this is probably the coolest detail in the movie. Sorry to interrupt, but I'll say this real quick. I thought it was weird at first that the girlfriend and boyfriend who are supposed to be the main characters kind of disappear in the middle of the movie. Uh, and the point of that is because the crew uh, is mostly concerned about getting money and getting tipped at the end of this voyage, and the boyfriend and girlfriend are there on a free trip. So they don't have money, so the movie doesn't care about them. Interesting. Oh, that's cool. Right. Positive. I still don't care about the movie. Continue. Um, yeah. Good catch, Cameron. Good well, catch. it was a YouTuber who caught it. Oh, okay. I never caught it. Um, Good catch YouTuber. What's his name? Or her name? What's her name? Uh, yeah. I have really nothing else to say. I think the score was fine. Never noticed it, really. Set design's great. Yeah. Um, I like the island. The boat looked cool. Looked mm-hmm. fun. 
other than that, I've got nothing else. Um, they were on a resort the whole time. That's crazy. Apparently, uh, we're kind of taking moving. You know, we can we can relax a little. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, we're just we're just we're just talking down. I mean, no mm-hmm. one wants to hear us. Uh, what do you have left to say? Uh, that's pretty much it. I I there are better there are better ways to get these points across. This director, I've seen one of his other movies. I've seen Force Majeure. Um, that movie's amazing, and I think Ben should watch it, and I think you at home should watch it. Um, I I, I really enjoyed that movie. It uh, so I don't don't. This isn't a hit piece on the director because I like some of his other stuff. So that being said, um, I've been. What did you think? And this has been what did you think? Wait, you guys hear that? There's someone at the door. What? Paul Rudd. Hi, I'm Paul Rudd. 